Welcome back to yet another episode of the Courting the Field podcast. I'm joined here today with my co-host, Sean Flannery. What's good, Flan? What's up, CJ? How are you? Same old, same old, man. Uh, semester almost over with. About to go home for Thanksgiving soon. Uh, yeah, man. Semester flew by, man. But I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, man, the season coming up for you, though, man. Coming up real soon, man. What's going on? Yeah, so we start – first game is – Wednesday, so the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, we go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, a little MTE. Originally, we were planned on, we were supposed to uh, go down to Orlando, Florida and play in a little tournament with like Gonzaga, Michigan State, Auburn, a few other schools. So it's had some some big names. We were excited about that. But obviously, of course, all this stuff happened. Um, the scheduling has been kind of a mess. Um, as you can imagine, with the cancellations of games, with teams kind of popping up with with coronavirus cases here and there. Um, there's already been, I want to say, two or three Big East schools, which is our conference, that have canceled their first two weeks of games because they just got uh, a positive test. So, it, you know, it continues to be a struggle. But the first three games are coming up. Um, I believe we got Oakland, Toledo, and Bradley. Um, so it will be nice to, you know, kind of get started. And, you know, I know, I know these guys are tired of scrimmaging against each other and beating up on each other. You know, we should have started, I think, a month ago with games. But, you know, they're excited. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it for it being my first experience outside of, you know, actually being on the court playing. Now, what's your role this year? Because, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's, I don't know if it's different this year because of COVID. But, I mean, I know that RGAs at Q's kind of had like a really hands-on experience, even on game day. So like what they got you doing? Yeah, no. So it's, I mean, it's, it's almost endless and it's almost, you could say everything except really coaching, but um, it's, it's, it's good. You know, I, I'm kind of on, you know, like a scout team for practices, you know, I'm kind of doing uh you know, with this year, the managers aren't able to rebound or touch the basketballs. And, you know, for that makes my job a little bit harder. So, you know, I'm rebounding. I have to be there before practice early there during the day to rebound whenever the players want to. Um, after practice, same deal, which, you know, I enjoy because I'm actually making relationships with these guys and the coaches, which is great for me. But game day, we kind of – we've had two scrimmages against uh, – like two inter-squad scrimmages, and we kind of simulated a game type game day type situation and um, for me it was before practice or before the the scrimmage sorry you know we have a little shoot around Um, you know I'm there setting up rebounding whatever they need me to do playing defense and then you know guys kind of go back to the locker room whatever it may be that they do I'm kind of you know making sure they have their their socks, their undershirts, or whatever it is, you know, their water bottles, their jock straps clean. Uh, oh, hell yeah. but <laughs> hey, man. But, um, you know, kind of like the, the little behind the scenes stuff from there. And then, you know, once we get out on the court, you know, that's what I've been told is it's the easy part. You know, you kind of get to sit there and you kind of get to not necessarily relax, but it's basketball and you kind of, you're here because of basketball and you enjoy it so much. But, you know, I'm excited, you know, to finally get to see what it'll be like, even though it's no fans and whatever. But, you know, my role is just kind of, you know, the behind the scenes work. Got you. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's funny because uh, you had a unique upbringing, obviously, with your dad and going to St. Ed's. So you've been around some high profile guys, USA basketball, um, even at St. Ed's playing with and, and, and against guys. But you play Division three ball in college and it's a whole different animal and the D1 level. 
So like now you're not with it like two, three days at a time, like when you were with USA basketball or the summer league, what is it like day in and day out on this level with the intensity and all the, the love and, and all that type of stuff? It's, you can't, you can't really put it in the words because it's, it doesn't do it justice. And as you know, being a division one athlete, I'm sure you've had the same experience, but it's just the amount of time and effort put in, not necessarily, not only by the players, but also the coaching staff, the managers, you know, these other guys, it's incredible. You know, you kind of, I know I look at it, like I got to be there in the morning and you know, I stay till late at night and I obviously don't have a problem with that, but you know, practices for two hours and some people on the outside might think, Oh, you, you have to work for two hours and then you're done and that's it. And not quite, not necessarily. And at this level, you know, we do, our self scout, we do opponent scout, we do grading for offense, defense, we do shot chart, shot chart analysis, we do all these other things. And then you have team meetings and then you have rebound, rebounding and then you have practice. And, you know, it's just, you know, you have such a high level of respect for the players and the coaches when you kind of see it firsthand. Um, you know, going from D3 to here, you know, originally I, you know, I played in an open gym and I'm like, man, I could play here. Like I, I, I'm good enough. And then, you know, you, you see it every single day and you're like, I'm so glad I am, you know, a 5A white kid that was not very good at basketball because I cannot handle this. You know, it's crazy. And you, you kind of think like they have it handed to them at some point because, you know, they get a lot of, you know, recognition, you know, they have free schooling, whatever it may be, but you know, they put in a, like so much time and so much effort and so much work and it's really admirable. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I think that was the biggest takeaway that I got from college is how much work is done behind the scenes that the common person doesn't see. Not even a common person, just someone who's not in the, in the grind with them. Cause like you said, you play college ball, but yet you didn't see like the, the level. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing I noticed cause I was really close to my GAs in school and still uh, like cool with them to this day. And how much work they put in when it comes to self-scout, like you said, opponent scout, weeks in advance. Then uh, they're there late hours, early mornings. And then you got to talk about how much time, they, like they have to fit in a, to a schedule to eat. They got to lift. They still work out. Like, so it's like thinking of how much time and effort is spent into like making this college game run, I think is underestimated by like the common person. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to like discredit anything John Carroll has done or it's done for me and what I've seen there. And, you know, I just think, you know, I played division two basketball for about two and a half weeks or whatever it was at the time, but Shut you up. know, I, I <laughs> you know, I, and I, you know, at the time I thought that was just a lot for me. You know, we had lifting a lot. We practiced, ran, we had all these types of things and, you know, I wasn't enjoying basketball, but, I, you know, it was, it was different. And, you know, it's just a whole nother level once you get up to the division one as compared to division two and then division three, it's kind of more relaxed as it probably should be because you're not getting paid or you're not going for free. But um, it's, it, it, to me, it's just, you can't really describe it. And you, like you said, you know, it, you've played it, you've done it, you've lived it, whatever. So I'm sure you can relate real well to it. No, yeah, for sure. No, it's definitely not John uh, Discord and John Carroll. Y'all was good as hell for for y'all level, but it's just that. Yeah, we have PJ Flannery, 3J Flannery. Sorry. Shout out 3J. Shout <laughs> out 3J, wherever you are. Man, I'll be honest. I don't know. They So 
kind of just a side note, they start or supposedly they're starting their season in January right now. And let me tell you, I, the kids that they have there right now, like they have the Emmett Chambers, the Pat Doherty, PJ Flannery of the world that I swear to God, I don't even think they touched the basketball since our last game we had in March, late February. And I think I don't, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they don't touch another one until first day of practice. So good luck, John Carroll. <laughs> shout out Josh, shout out to Blue Streak, man. Y'all gonna be all right this year, man. Y'all gonna be all right. And uh, check into Xavier basketball this year, man. They're gonna be uh they're gonna be all right. Uh we'll get into that as the podcast goes on, though. Sean will be giving us updates and, and stuff like that about what's going on with their team this year. But going into the next segment, uh segment that you guys like, uh bet of the week. Um last time I was on, obviously I won. <clears throat> My, my stuff here, as you, as you usually do. You know, I'm three and one, right. three game winning streak. You know, always got, got to let Russ cook. I, like I said, if y'all want to, if y'all want to get right, just listen to Russ, <laughs> and y'all be all right. Man, so for me, I, wait, go what, ahead. You got, what you got? Well, I was just gonna say, like, I'm humble. I lost. I'll take it. You know, whatever. On to the next. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, oh, see, like I like to. I like to embrace my victims, you know. It's been a while since we've been on, but you know, I just just gotta give myself credit sometimes because you know the the highs. There's a lot of lows that come with this business. Um, but <laughs> uh, so my, for my better the week, I'm taking Detroit minus one and a half over the Panthers, and this is solely based off the fact that Teddy B and Christian McCaffrey are not playing. Like I don't really have much trust in the Lions at all. Uh, they got. They got the butts handed to them by the Vikings last week. Uh, that game was not nearly as close as the score indicated. I think they said they lost by 14, but it was worse than that. Uh, so I got faith that they'll get it done. I think they're on the road this week. So whoever the backup quarterback is for the Panthers, I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's going to be able to get the job done. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going Lions minus two over the Panthers or one and a half, whatever it is. So I'm going to say I hope that doesn't hit so I can be evened up with you. I'm two and two right now, right, two and two. So I um, just lost my last one. But I'm taking my lock, Titans plus six at Baltimore. Solely, not solely, but, I, you know, I've been a big believer in the Titans from since the beginning of the season. I love the way they play, and they're just kind of you know, old school, kind of run, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then hit you with a play action, kind of what the, like what the Browns are, but a little bit better. I'd say, and, uh, you know, both teams are coming off a loss. Um, Titans haven't played in 10 days. I just, you know, I was, I like the Titans. And I honestly, if, if you told me to make a bet for the Super Bowl right now, probably with odds, I don't know, I'm just saying off the top of my head, the Titans would probably, probably be one of the first teams I would put money on to, to win. No, they definitely play that real physical brand of football that translates to, that translates to the playoffs. It, it definitely has a, a a ceiling to it because they got to, you got to be able to stretch. The, but I mean, the floor is high as hell, as you saw last year in the playoffs. They right. knocked off uh, the Ravens and the Pats last year. So, yeah, they beat, like the, beat the Ravens last year, I think, right in the divisional round or something like that. But yeah, Derrick Henry beat the the, the Ravens. I'll Derrick, say. Like, I just can't imagine tackling that dude. Like, it's got to be ridiculous. I know they say go low on somebody like that, but like, I didn't went low against some, some guys <laughs> big backs like that and it didn't go well. 
So I think you just throw your body at him and just and pray that you hope. get and hold on and, and pray that yeah. the actually his size can come over there and help you out. They say the shoelace tackle, right? Just grab onto a shoelace and then hope like 18 other guys come out in the field. And I'm making business decisions with him. Real big. <laughs> Run the other way. Telling coach, y'all brought me here to cover, not tackle. Yeah, right. <laughs> DB life. Yeah, hey, <laughs> don't get mad at me. Y'all brought me here because y'all y'all saw my cover skills, not because y'all thought I was Ray Lewis. <laughs> but enough of us, man. Um, I'm sure you guys clicked on this episode because you guys saw that you liked our guests. We had a good conversation with them, Notre Dame quarterback Ian Book. We think you guys will enjoy it. So uh, tune in. Join here today with a special guest, the starting quarterback of the undefeated Notre Dame Fighting Irish, Ian Book. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, big fan of Notre Dame. So, you know, it's an honor to have you on. Um, just kind of jump right into it. So, you guys are just coming off a big win against Clemson a few weeks ago. And the one thing – Obviously, you guys had a great game. You had a great game. It was just one of those games that will probably go down for the next couple of years. One of the better games we've had or we've seen. But what I noticed is after the game, and I've seen a lot of people, a lot of things on Twitter, your fans rushing down uh, from the stands out of the field. And right away, you know, as a fan, from my perspective, I'm thinking like, oh, sh oh shit, they're about to like mess up this whole thing for you guys. Like we want, we want to see you guys, whatever. You guys are on a roll. But, um, and also I kind of took a step back from it and was like, you know, this is kind of cool. Like during a time like this, I feel like this might be something that brings, you know, the fans, the players, the coaching staff, whatever together. Right. Um, you know, I just kind of want to get what was going through your head. Obviously you're going, coming off a huge win, but at the same time, I'm sure you're, you might be freaking out, but just kind of want to hear what your, your yeah. thoughts were. So coach Kelly did a good job of like warning the team, you know, uh, I think that morning he was like, Hey, when we win, they might rush the field, like be careful. Uh, get off, you know, grab your teammates and get off. We can't risk it and let anyone, you know, get exposed to COVID, and, which could spread, you know, as we know, like it has throughout the country. So um, it was in my head to try to get off the field. But once that moment happened, man, it was like once the game was over, I couldn't even – that's the last thing I was thinking of. So I just ran out there and kind of enjoyed the moment with everybody. And then it's, there were so many people, you know, I couldn't move. And then I found another teammate and we just started making our way to the tunnel, but it was a memory and a moment I will never forget. It's for sure. Uh, definitely a dream come true. And, you know, we just made history that night. So it's, it's a night we'll definitely all remember. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool just to see the, you know, like the, like the, just the raw emotion everyone was showing, you know, after that big win, but I had to get a COVID question in there. So now we'll put that behind us. You know, we had to ask that every fucking episode, but um, you know, kind of onto that game. Um, you know, you guys, you played Clemson a few years ago, not go your way. And I actually, I kind of got this question from my cousin, who's a, a big fan of yours and a big fan of Notre Dame is, you know, the game watching it from, this this past weekend or a couple weekends ago to two years ago when you guys played Clemson, it seemed as if you, you know, you're, you were slowed down, you're, you're in the pocket, you're whatever, you played well. But, like, what was the difference for you? What, you know, what was – what made you have a better week or have a better game this time around? Yeah, I mean, a lot was different. You know, everything – a lot changes every year. Um, but it's funny, we were watching the film and you watched the 2018 film and it just – I look so little. I I – it's hard to watch, honestly. And I just feel like I've been able to make, you know, some, some big improvements in two years. And, um, 
but there was a lot of things, you know, from X's and O's. We, have a, we had a new coordinator. We got new guys on the perimeter. And, but when you watch that film, you'll notice, like, all those O-linemen, you know, they're back. So we felt experienced. And we just kind of had a different mindset coming into this game, you know, that we really could do it. We could be the team, you know, that's grateful enough to play the number one team in the country. And then we also just all believed that we could win that game. And, again, it was just another dream come true, another night that we'll never forget. But um, I think those are the main things. Got you. So uh, let's take it back uh, before 2018. So when you're coming out of high school, you're a kid from uh, Sacramento, right? That area? Yes, sir. California. So what led you coming all the way to the Midwest from the West Coast? What made you want to come to ND? I always grew up wanting to play in the Pac-12. It was my dream forever. Just wanted to stay on the West Coast. Grew up watching the Pac-12. Just wanted to play for anybody in the Pac-12. Grew up a UCLA fan. And um, uh, that was my dream. And I was actually really close to committing to Boise State. There was a coach there named uh, Mike Sanford, and um, he ended up leaving and going to Notre Dame. So when he left for three months, you know, the quarterback, you kind of want to be like the first one committed in your class. So I couldn't really wait for him, you know, so I moved on and I uh, committed to Washington State for three months and I was committed there and I thought I was going to go there and join the air raid uh, with Mike Leach. And then uh, I got a call from Coach Sanford um, and he was like, hey, I'm out here at Notre Dame. I'm all settled in, and we'd like to have you come out and visit. And I came out and visited and just kind of fell in love with it. Like, it's cliche. A lot of people say they feel at home, you know, when they go somewhere. Like, I really did feel really, you know, settled in here and just felt good. I never even been to the Midwest, so it was crazy. I showed up. All I knew was the movie Rudy. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I didn't know anything else, man. So I just showed up and, and fell in love with it. Uh, it was a summer day, and I met Coach Kelly, and, um, you know, he offered me – and. I think I flipped like three days later. Gotcha. It's, it's funny you say like, I, you know, Rudy is all you knew about Notre Dame coming through and coming up high school. But I feel like that's kind of like the perception for a lot of people that aren't, you know, from Indiana, like, South Bend. Like you should watch Rudy. It'll, it, we do a lot of the same things they still do. The traditions here are crazy, man. So like you watch that movie and you see stuff in the movie that is that we see every day, you know, so it's still going on. And that's the kind of the cool thing about Notre Dame. Absolutely. No, that's, I mean, that was kind of what I was going to get into here. It's just like the traditions, the history, you know, the gold helmets, touchdown Jesus. I've, you know, I asked Croft the same question or a similar type of question, but like, what is that like? You know, to me, you know, being a fan, it just seems like just a rich history of great players, but to you as actually the starting quarterback of the team, like, what is that like for you? Uh, it's amazing. It's a dream come true. And this place, it, it's, it's unbelievable. I actually went to the grotto today. There's always a ton of people there and, just everything from touchdown Jesus to the golden helmets and you know, how they paint them and, you know, just the, the, the field and just everything. There's so much tradition, especially all the, the great players who, you know, have played here and coaches that still swing by that you see all the time, you know, on a daily basis, you might see somebody, you know, really important who played at Notre Dame and it's just cool. The tradition lives on and it's, it's, um, it's awesome. It literally is the movie Rudy. So I recommend if you, don't know what Notre Dame's like and you want to know, just go ahead and give them, you know, watch that movie. Now talking about some of that uh, history and that tradition, obviously Indies has some, some high profile names come through. I think of Jimmy Claus and uh, I think Joe Montana, just big names like that. Getting ready for this. I see that you're second all time in touchdowns right now for passing and third on the, uh, uh, for the yards. Just hearing that you're you're gonna pass Clawson soon, I think over the next game or two uh, in yards. So shout out to that. But like hearing something like that, like what does that make you feel? Like what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's definitely surreal. I mean, it's 
it's awesome. I'm fortunate and got a lot of people to thank for that and being, you know, I'm not the biggest stats guy or try not to be, but um, I think I passed coach Reese, you know, a couple of weeks ago and like, it was just fun to joke with him. He came up to me and was like, congrats, you know, you, you know, sketch your name on some leaderboards by passing me and stuff like that. And um, it's just really cool. I mean, I, there's nothing really I try to focus on like that much, but it is pretty awesome when I see my name up there and just, it's a reminder that I'm fortunate and uh, this team just has done so much to help me. So couldn't do it without them. Got you. Now I have to talk about this just because uh, I played against you. Well, you played Syracuse in 2018 <laughs> and that game didn't go our way. <clears throat> what, what, what? I'm not dwelling that too much, but coming into that game, like the scouting report that we had, cause I was a, a corner was, Hey, like their offensive line is loaded. Uh, you guys had decks back there in the, uh, uh, in the backfield, we were like, all right, we're going to make Ian beat us. And lo and behold, he threw it the ball over the damn yard and we lost by the damn 30. But <laughs> just watching you now, though, like you're a lot like different uh, from when it comes to as a quarterback now. That's back in 2018. So like what has changed in your game since then? Because you look like a totally different player. Yeah. Um, I just got older and just I think my football IQ just got a lot better and I've been my relationship with Coach Reese has been unbelievable. He's really taught me everything. So just understanding, you know, why we're certain ways to attack a defense, you know, um, you know, post-snap reads, pre-snap reads, and then just understand the whole game of football that much more, especially as a QB and just being in the film room more, understanding where my guy should be at the right time. And that just, as you move on through the, you know, get older, you know, through the program, through your time and your career, that just kind of happens. And it just, uh, just think I just got older, more mature, and got in the film room a lot more. So this is probably a dumb question, but, like, I'm a basketball guy, and you two are both football people, so, like, help me out a little bit. But so does that just, you know, does that come with experience? Does that come with, you know, time put into the film room, film room? Or is that just kind of something, you know, you're just expected to know as, you know, being the quarterback or being at a certain position? Yeah, when you get here, I mean, you're expected to know some things, but it's just definitely the next level. And I imagine the NFL, you take another step as well. You know, it's just you dive in. It's all about film and timing and chemistry and trust and understanding, you know, where to attack a defense and why they're doing certain things. And it's the communication is so key with, um, you know, your offensive coordinator. And I feel like I have that with Coach Reese and we just kind of understand each other and we're on the same page, which is huge. Talking about talking about that 2018 team who made the uh, the playoff, and uh, I saw Coach Kelly say the other day that he believes that this this year's team is uh, the best team that he's had since he's been here. Do you agree with that? Uh, for him or just for me? I've been here. For for you. For I mean, yeah, for, for you compared to that 2018 team, I know those are the two teams. I'll probably yeah. Uh, every team's different, but this team this team is really good. I mean, we play comp complementary football, and the defense is scoring points. The special teams are scoring points offensive scoring points. So I just feel like we're well balanced and uh, it's hard to even remember back to that 18 season every year starts to like mesh together, but this team's good. And I believe it. if coach Kelly's saying it, you know, I don't think he's joking around about it. So I believe we can do it. Absolutely. No, um, it's good stuff, but you know, we kind of talked about, or CJ kind of talked about, you know, the, the quarterbacks, the records that, you know, you're kind of competing for right now, but you know, Notre Dame has had some great quarterbacks come through, you know, Montana, Brady Quinn, Clawson, your offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, um, to name a few. But, like, is there, you know, some sort of, like, fraternity or, like, relationship that you guys have, a group message or something that you guys, you know, stay in touch? Yeah. Um, 
not one certain thing, but a lot of the QBs do a good job of, you know, staying in touch. You know, I talk to Brady Quinn almost every week. I've, I've talked to Joe Theismann a, a ton of times. We text, obviously, Coach Reese. Um, but it, 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 I guess it, it, I know what you mean by saying like a little fraternity, but no, there's not one specific thing we all do. But it's a, you know, once you go to Notre Dame, you're Notre Dame, you know, Notre Dame blood forever. So I just feel like I've uh, heard from a lot of those people and, and it's awesome. It's encouraging and it's motivating. Good stuff. Now you talk about the relationship with uh, some of the older guys. I see some of the guys that you played on uh, with a 2018-17 team. Uh, I think about Nelson. I think about Boykin, uh, Claypool. What's your relationship like with those guys? Yeah, it's great. Um, I actually got off the phone with Miles this morning. So staying in touch with a lot of those guys and just watching them ball in the NFL is also motivating, but also just really cool. You know, um, it's so fun. Chase is having an unbelievable year like we all thought he would. He's been, it's just fun to watch. And, and Quentin Nelson, obviously, is unbelievable. So it's just fun to stay in touch with all those guys. And I got a pretty good relationship with all of them. Now, what is Claypool like? Because when we play against him, he seemed quiet as hell. But then, like, now he's in the league and he with Juju and I see all these damn jokes and all yeah, that. He's got, he's like got that? some swag and he's got a little – he's got something to him. So, I mean, if you piss him off, he's going to snap back. And um, he's he's confident in what he can do, which he should be, you know. I was going to say, he's all over my TikTok page or whatever, you know, him and Juju both. Like, he seems a little yeah, outgoing. Juju definitely got him into that is what I'm thinking. And, um <laughs> He's probably monetizing it the right way. You know what I mean? True. True. Yeah. Take advantage of it, though. I ain't mad at bro at all. Mm -mm. Switching it up a little bit, you know. You guys, usually independent school. Um, the whole situation the world's in right now, you guys kind of switched over to a conference play. Um, what's that been like? You know, is it easier, harder? You know, you kind of pick up on different things uh, that you see throughout know the season but you know just kind of comparison what's that like yeah it's cool I really like both so I think I'd be fine either way playing independent you know for my first few years was awesome just get to play anybody so it's really really cool it's you know some opportunities you definitely wouldn't get uh but I mean especially with this year I just just feel fortunate to be able to be a part of the ACC I don't know if we'd be playing football if we weren't so just you know we play a lot of those teams to start but the fact that they let us join is is really cool and it's fun, you know, like there's all these ACC awards, you know, every week, you know, like DB of the week or lineman of the week, quarterback of the week. So it's all these, you know, things that we weren't really used to. But, you know, the check, the uh, chance or the fact that we get to go um, play in an ACC championship is pretty awesome. So that's really cool that none of us have done before. So I kind of like, I like both and I'd be fine either way. Now, talking about the independent, you're from Cali, so I feel like you look forward to either the Stanford or the SC game every year because you have some family come to those games, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. Got you. Yeah. I enjoy those, and I just like going home and playing um, like Stanford, which is not too far from where I'm from, and having a lot of people come out there. And just the rivalry games, we only, I mean, we got to play BC, but, you know, Navy and Stanford and USC and all those teams that we normally get to play, we didn't get to do this year. You didn't play in some crazy venues I mean you didn't get to play in Lambeau this year because of uh COVID and obviously you guys are supposed to go to Ireland I thought I think so too but you didn't play at Yankee Stadium against us we ain't talking about that uh SC uh you didn't play like what is like some of the more iconic venues that you didn't play in or like most memorable ones yeah uh so fun just any NFL stadium it's just cool like when you go play USC at the Coliseum you know like 
the night after was, it could be a Rams game. You know what I mean? So it's like so cool that you're in there at the same time or playing in the same stadium that they're playing in. And um, obviously bummed we couldn't go to Ireland. I was really looking forward to that and really looking forward to Lambeau and going down to play in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium as well. This year we didn't get to do, but um, it's just really cool. Like uh, when we went, got to go to Pittsburgh, that was awesome. You know, Heinz Field was really, really cool. And I think it's just fun to see those places and say that you've played at them before. Gotcha. You got a favorite place to play? I mean, besides at home, of course. Yeah, Indy Stadium. Um, <laughs> that's a tough. You on the spot. Yeah, I know. There's a lot. I do like I, – I liked playing at the Coliseum a lot. Yeah. Um, and then this year I'd say Heinz Field was, was really cool. For sure. Now, what's your thoughts on uh, Liam Eichenberg? He's, uh, he's from the, <laughs> he grew up with us. Well, I grew up with Flam, but we went to rival high schools. And uh, I see he's getting a lot of love this year. So, shout out to Liam. Hopefully, you can get him on the pod later on. But what's your – any good stories about him? Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, part of my, you know, recruiting class same year – left tackle so obviously you got to be you got to be close with that guy and uh, he's awesome he just works hard every day and it's paying off and he's going to be one of the top tackles taken in the draft in my opinion and he's just really good he's consistent and he's got a little he's got a little side to him he can get angry sometimes and in football that's great so he he's fun to play with and um you know he just cares he he never wants anyone to get anywhere close to me and that's the best and uh, he's just a good dude outside of football too Favorite story, though, I don't have anything crazy, uh, but I do remember someone interviewed me right when I got to Notre Dame, like the second day, and they were doing like some funny questions, and they were like, who do you think is going to be the best player in your class? And all I had was like, I didn't know anybody, but I had like everybody's mugshot or like, you know, picture or whatever, bio picture, and I saw Liam's, and he was like pissed off, long blonde hair. I was like, I'm going to go with that guy. (laughs) <laughs> and next thing you know, he's damn near one of our best players. So, for sure. Now, Liam, Liam, and I grew up together. We uh, went to the same grade school, played like basketball, football together growing up. Went to rival high schools, but Liam's—he's a funny dude. Now he works hard for sure. Um, comes from a football family, you know, an athletic family. So, you know, he's a good dude. Um, comes from a good family. But um, getting into the next, you know, topic type. Um, you know, over the most recent years, ever since like, you know, BCS, you know, has gone away from, you know, their BCS national championship to the playoffs, you know, you kind of start to see, you know, a little bit of tears almost of NCAA teams, you know, in, in, in football, you know, you have the Bamas, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma's that you see almost every year, you know, I'm curious because I think, you know, there are tier one, tier two, whatever, but do you think that affects, there is a tier type of thing like that, or do you, and do you think that affects, you know, kind of the way the voting goes? And would you like to see the, you know, college football ex- playoff expanded at one point? Yeah. It's a good question. Um, I don't know. Maybe the tiers. I do see it a little bit. I understand what you're saying, and that could be solved, you know, with the bigger playoff. I don't have any, you know, strong feelings towards, you know, keeping the playoff you know, up, up for making it bigger. I think I'd be cool either way. And I understand why. And the only thing is like, it just adds that many more games, which is great, but also pretty hard, you know, for sure. If, if they made that playoff, you know, that much longer, you know, how long could your season truly be? So it's hard to say, but I would be willing to do, you know, to really willing to expand it. For sure. Talking about the playoff and, uh, 
I'm not as big as uh, the indie guy as Flan is growing up. I, I just, I just wasn't, but it is what it is. Uh, do you feel that ND gets the proper respect that they deserve? Because, I mean, talking about those tiers, I mean, you want to go over the past five years or whatever, I mean, you guys been balling. Yeah, I feel like you guys' name isn't in the same conversation as those mm -hmm. other schools. Do you, get, you think you get the proper respect? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Probably not. I mean, you either love us or you hate us at Notre Dame. Either, like, love us a lot or hate us a lot. <laughs> like, that's just kind of the way it goes. That's kind of what I've learned. Um, and at, obviously, with being independent, it was basically going defeated is about the only way you can make it. And um, I, I, it holds Notre Dame to a higher standard, but, you know, I like it and I think it's cool. But I do agree that we don't get that much respect. Um, but maybe joining, maybe playing this year in the ACC might, you know, change that. You know, we'll see. So, but I, I there's a lot of haters. I'll just say that. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but <laughs> I, I, it's definitely, I mean, growing up in the Midwest is definitely like there's certain like programs that it's either, there's no in-between on. I think Ohio no, State. No, right, yeah, no, that's cool. It's all good. Yeah, Michigan's one of them, and then I would think Indy. Uh, yep. I think Indy is, honestly, Indy might be higher than the rest of them, but I think that's deeper reasons as opposed to just growing up in Ohio or Michigan. Yeah. I think that's what makes them like Notre Dame, though. Like the whole, like, the whole thing is like the history that, you know, yeah, they hate, true. everyone hates them, independent. Yeah. But, like that's what makes Notre Dame special and just kind of like, who they are at that at this point you know you kind of I feel like you learn to accept it yeah you do you do I just didn't like the goal I mean now that I play college football the gold helmets is the rawest things like ever <laughs> but growing up I hated them shit so it was just like I just didn't like them. I don't know but like you're only saying that because your team is orange like who who orange orange helmets like what <laughs> hey, look our, our jersey combos wasn't the best but we made it work. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't had money like ND got that. We ain't got the money. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got the money that guy, yo. That's fair. That's uh, fair. You got anything else you want to say, Sean? Uh, I think one, one, one or two more. So quarterback position, you know, it's probably one of the most, the ultimate leader position in sports. One of, if not the, that one, probably the most ultimate position, leading position in sports. But, you know, you kind of, have to weigh your options as a quarterback instinctually is risk reward. You know, do I make this throw? Do I make this decision? Whatever, you know, is there a way you can break that down? Like how you go about this? Is it kind of all preparation? Is this, you know, do you just react on instincts? Because you seem to be a guy that, you know, you like to lose, use your legs, get out of the pocket, scramble around, but are there yeah. times where, you know, when. Yeah, there's an in-between. Um, I think it just kind of happens naturally with every quarterback, you know, it's just, you're not really thinking about taking off. You kind of just do, and then you run, you know what I mean? But um, a little bit of both. I mean, you're trying to stay in the pocket as long as you can and, and make the throw, and then there's times where you visually see just everything open up and you can go run, and then there's times where you feel something as well. You feel a presence or somebody there, and then you can, you know, react after that. But uh, there's a little bit of both, and personally for my game, you know, I try to do a little bit of both just because, you know, I've been able to escape and keep the pocket or leave the pocket and keep the play alive a little bit longer. But it just depends on the player. And I just know I think it kind of happens naturally for everybody. I think over the past, because I watch all the games because of Croft, but I think over the past two games, I've really seen that, like, jump. Like, especially Clemson. I mean, no matter what they threw at y'all, y'all somehow made it. You, you were poised back there and made it work. And then the BC game last week. So I think – right. Even that jump you're talking about, I feel like over the last two weeks, it's been even like a, a yeah, higher. 
I've been just trying to focus on that, you know, knowing the right time to leave, knowing the right time to stay and deliver the ball and, you know, give our guys a chance. And, I mean, I would say, obviously, like film preparation, that probably has a lot to do with that as well, yeah, right? You know, you kind of read it. Trust and understanding where everybody should be. And, you know, this year was a little different with spring practice. We only got one of them, you know what I mean? So this team just did a good job of finding time to get together and work on chemistry. And we're starting to ascend at the right time. I feel like we're all really on the same page. Absolutely. No, you guys are doing great, especially peaking at the right time, hopefully. But last question, it's probably the like the worst question I have. So I'm sorry. Um, you know, you've had three losses in your career, Clemson, Georgia, Michigan, I believe. And what if you, you know, come out like after these losses, looking back on them, is there one that sticks out to you? Is there one that stings the most? Is there one that, you know, you kind of look back and say, you know, I've learned a lot from this. I'm, I'm who I Probably am today. They're all pretty important ones, you know? Yeah. That obviously that Clemson game hurt just getting that close to what everybody talks about a national championship and being, you know, a game short of getting there. That, that was tough. Um, the Georgia one was tough. Um, I don't have an answer for you. They're, they're both, they're all, they're all bad, but. The Georgia one was tough because we knew that was a game we needed to win that year. And then obviously Michigan and our rivalry, that was bad and it didn't go the way we wanted to go at all. And um, especially in a rivalry game, you know, that just hurts. So I wanted to be able to say I've been able to beat Michigan before. Yeah, no, that's why I asked too, because, you know, they all have different scenarios. And yeah, right. unfortunately, we couldn't get, you couldn't get Michigan again this year. I know, unfortunately. But um, got Clemson back, which is good. Exactly. CJ, you got anything left? No, I, I think I'm good. I think it's time to go to some quick rapid fire. Are you cool with that? Just quick questions and you just give me a quick answer. That's cool? Sounds good. All right, for sure. Uh, you want to do five, Flan? Sure, you start it. All right, for sure. So who are you listening to right now? Uh, currently, the last person I just listened to. Uh, give me three artists. Uh, St. John, Wiz Khalifa, and Lil Baby. Favorite athlete growing up? Ooh, growing up is different than right now. So growing up, it was probably Aaron Rodgers. And then right now, my favorite athlete is Conor McGregor. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, what you binge watching right now? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It, this might be weird, but I don't watch any of those shows. I, I, like, everybody talks about them, but... I just want a movie and then I want it to be over. And when there's a thousand episodes, I can't do it. Can't that's do a great it. answer. You should have, I thought you were just going to say film or something. Like, that's a great oh, answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better not give me no politic answer like that. <laughs> no, that's funny. That's good. But um, you're, if you had one superpower, what would it be? Uh, fly. You can travel anywhere in the world. Where are you going? Mm, probably Hawaii. Okay. If you played another sport other than football, what would it be? If I could be good at any other sport? Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably hoops, probably basketball. For sure. All right. So you got a movie about you coming out. Who's, uh, who's your actor? Who's playing you? Oh, that's a hard question. That's a hard question. Uh, who's playing you? Mark Wahlberg. I don't know. <laughs> I think we we got that before, right? I think Somebody I heard Mark Wahlberg. Bocci, it might have been jo Joe Bocci from Michigan State. 
uh, one of our buddies. But um, last question from me is the best advice you've ever received. Mm, probably, just, probably from my dad. Work hard, never give up. For sure, for sure. Uh, well, once again, appreciate you taking time out of your, your busy day coming on. I know uh, the bye week, I know it's a time to rest up and uh, do a lot of stuff that you need to get done, especially with schoolwork. But I appreciate you coming on. I know you're busy. Yep, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Good luck the rest of the season. Nice to meet you guys. You, you as well. Right, thank sure. you. See you. Thanks.